Hello, my friends. Nigel, you're always here. As always, Timothy. Excellent. Um, one of the challenges in growing any business, particularly at the start, is generating leads. Yes. It's a topic that comes up, well, if not 99% of the time when um, people want to grow their business, they're, say, they come in saying, I have a sales problem. And what they're talking about is I have a lack of lead generation. And what we need to understand about growing any business is lead generation is a skill. Lead generation is IP. So when you develop your custom lead generation strategies, that actually has a value for your company because it's something that others are also trying to do. So when you look at other companies and you go, why is it so easy for them to grow? You actually don't know that. You just don't know if they spend a lot of time developing some really robust lead generation strategies that work or that they've got one or two that they systematically execute really well and they've just managed to grow their business from that. Because the great thing about any sort of lead generation strategy or as you grow a business is once you've got a bigger pool of clients, it has an effect if you're doing the right thing in terms of you're delivering the product or service that you say that it will grow on itself because you'll get a natural or an organic um, referrals happening through your clients, through good work, through reviews online, whatever it is. So the bigger the pool of your clients, um, albeit that you're doing the right thing, you will grow. So let's get back down to the start, which is how do we generate leads at the start when we're getting that bigger pool of clients? Because it doesn't mean once we start getting a bigger pool of clients that we're actually going to slow down. And you would see it a lot, Nigel, with particularly when you were playing a concierge role in this business. Um, most people, their number one problem is I need to grow and I don't know how. Yeah, it's phrased in multiple different ways but it comes back down to um, I have a sales problem which always leads to I don't know how to generate leads. Yeah, always comes back to that. And most people, um, those those of you who are sitting um, or listening to this at the moment with a critical mindset, you'd be thinking, no, that's not my problem. My problem is I can't close my leads. Well, maybe you're getting the wrong type of leads and we'll go to that and there's a whole other podcast on it. So just for the sake of not self-sabotage, take on today and have a little bit of listen around some lead generation tactics through referrals because it's just particularly for businesses or SMEs when they're starting out, this is one of your most effective um, lead generation strategies not only because of the cost of it, because the actual cost of it can be quite high at the start. So most people think that this is a low cost um, way to grow the business, but it's actually not. It's only low cost if you have a zero value on your time. It's a very expensive one when you <laughs> work it out as you start getting bigger, going, I can't afford to spend that much time doing traditional referral tactics. So I thought what we might do today is, well, let's break down some basic referral strategies but also the ways in which you should look at it in your business is the type of referral strategies that you've got in place because I think if you've got four or five ones that work, generally that's enough to trigger a smaller business to keep going and if it's working well as you start to remove yourself from the sales role in the business or change the role or bring people in to help, you'll be able to put people in these lead generation strategies, teach them what needs to be done and hopefully they get the same results which is basically the way you start scaling some businesses in the SME space. So first of all, 
what is the most typical type of referral? Let's start with offline businesses. So ones that are predominantly face-to-face still that even though you might have a website, you're probably doing most of your business offline. So let's look at it as you might attend a networking event or you might attend a um, catch-up, you might attend a meet-up, you might um, attend an industry event, yeah, expos, trade shows. All of those yeah. great things. <laughs> so we need to look at when we do that, we first of all got what's called our basic referral strategy. And our basic referral strategy is generally someone that you know says, you should meet Bob. Why should I meet Bob? Bob does websites. You need a website. Meet. And you meet. I love the way you put on your radio voice to do that as Thank well. Thank you. I'm, great. I'm really trying to expand my range. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of the hard work. Thanks for noticing. Um, it's been journey. A um, little stressful. Um, I just got a glimpse into your Oscar speech. <laughs> now that would be the worst speech of all time. Imagine standing up for the Oscar. What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know you could get one for watching. Yeah, this. That's, that's right. Nigel, this is very important. Sorry. Don't make me go off on a tangent. <laughs> oh, and I think the coffee just kicked in. So that's good. So we've got the most basic. So Jim knows Bob. Bob knows Sally. Bob does websites. Sally needs a website. They go and catch up. And if Sally believes that Bob can do the website at the price that she thought she could pay for a website, this is the most basic. Even saying it, I almost threw up on myself going, this is a horrible way of doing business. <laughs> but that's the way a general basic referral works. And it's really important. So if you're a smaller business starting out or you're just a smaller business that's not starting out, you've got to look at, am I even doing the most basic of referrals or am I actually getting the most basic of referrals? So one of the questions, um, and we ran this experiment uh, about 12 months ago in our own client base because while we understand these tactics, we, we suffer we suffer the same problem that we're always going after the next thing, growing things, and you forget the fundamentals are just really important. And one of the things we hadn't asked was our clients for referrals at all. And I know you must be sitting there and those of you who are learned in business would going, oh, you idiots, because that's such a great tactic. And you're right. Actually asking for a referral is important. Now, there's an art form to it because if you just ask your clients for referrals, they're actually the client. So they're there paying you for a service. If you're then asking for more, it can come across as inappropriate at times. The key to a good referral or getting a client referral is making sure the timing's right. So asking the referral from a client at a high point in their journey with you. So it might be, let's go back to Bob. Now, Bob, I think I changed his accent, Nigel, sorry. <laughs> Just fix that in post-edit. Um, Bob gets delivers the website and Sally's wrapped. So like, oh, finally, this is exactly how I see my business online. Bob, you're the best. You're my hero, blah, blah, blah. Bob goes, Sally, do you know it would be great? Tell people about it. <laughs> Tell people that I did it. Show people. It would be great because it's an easy way to generate leads. So I'm just giving the most basic rundown mm-hmm. of what you should be doing at the very, very minimum. Because if you are asking your clients for referrals, remember we're on offline at the moment, I'll get to online um, in a minute. If you are asking for referrals and your clients don't really want to refer you, you've got to be asking yourself why. What is it that they don't feel comfortable about referring me? Now, it's not necessarily that you're a crap business. 
<laughs> you got to remember there are also some businesses like imagine you're a psychiatrist. Not that you can ask for referrals in that, but there's a lot of there's a few businesses that some people don't want to talk about um, what they do and go there. So some businesses uh, act in the shadows because the client doesn't want to be um, known with that. And I'm just psychiatry is just an example. I don't think you can even ask for referrals in that because it's illegal. Yeah. So, but even in our space, there are some people that are very open about working with us, and some people that prefer it not to be known. Yeah, we, we've got some really um, good and prominent clients. Um, they don't necessarily want to um, – it's not admit that they have a performance, uh, I guess a performance consultancy working with them, but it's just something they like to keep their business their business, So, yeah. which is fine. So you've got to understand what is it about that that clients – how are clients going to refer you if they don't? So that's the only little challenge you might have if you're that type of business. But if you're someone who's running websites or – providing some service, running a cleaning company, got every single business basically except the exceptions. Ask yourself why aren't people wanting to give me the most basic of introductions or referrals to others? Now, the other thing is it might not be because they don't want to. You've got to remember once people are outside your vicinity, so when Bob's talking to Sally and they're talking about websites, that's when they're focused on websites and you guys all know as business owners, as soon as you step out into another meeting, you, you've forgotten, you're not, you're not thinking about your website anymore. You're not thinking about that interaction. You actually, you don't think about that person. So it might just be naturally that people aren't thinking about you post when they need to think about you. And so you have to work out how do I create a mechanism where I'm easy to refer to? So how can I get someone to refer to me or think about me at the appropriate time? How many countless times we've had situations, we had a beautiful one with our business the other day which was, <laughs> oh God, it just sometimes I tell these stories, I go, you serious people, they must think we're idiots sometimes. <laughs> but it happens to all of us, even if we're running what we believe are great businesses, these things happen and it was we got a referral from someone who goes, that is a great client. And the client is related to one of our employees who's incentivized to get referrals. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, um, the reason that's funny is because it, it just happens like that. It's that it's the it's the state of mind of people referring. If it's not a top of mind at that moment, they're generally not going to refer you. So you got to you got to understand that your job as the business owner is to work out how do I make myself more prominent in the mind of the referee, and how do I get them to easily refer. So. Great story one of my friends told me many years ago. He'd had an accountant for about 20 years and he, he was running a um, consultancy, a similar sort of service but doing it um, sort of privately. And he went up to his accountant and he says, why don't you trust me? They were playing golf. The accountant's like, what are you, what are you talking about? He says, why don't you trust me? He says, well, because um, I do trust you. We've been working together for 20 years ago but how come you've never given me one referral from any one of your clients yet we've been in business for 20 years? And they had this conversation on the golf course and then it basically the accountant came out and goes, I actually don't know how to refer you. And you've got to remember people have enough trouble selling their own business. It's very confronting to refer someone because all the risk shifts onto that person. The risk of okay, I hope that relationship works out because if it doesn't, I've also ruined my relationship. 
what actually it does the person do because even though I've been working with them in this relationship was they were the account, they understood the business but didn't really understand the type of work they did. So there's all these variables. So if you're sitting there thinking, why don't people refer me? Because all the risk is on them. What have you got to risk? And it's about working out strategies that make it easy to refer or make it even better, a value add for referring. So does that make sense? Yeah, go a little bit deeper though. So I understand what you mean, but I want to make sure that we get the layers of it because this is the nuances where it actually works. Well, let me think about, let's reverse it on all of us now. Think of your closest business friend, okay? So all of you sitting out there, just have a think of your closest business friend in any endeavor, but they've, they're running their own company. Got it? Now, when's the last time you referred them and what was the situation? And so a lot of people will snap back to, oh, no, Tim, you're wrong. I referred them a month ago because someone needed a website and I said, I know a guy. Or I saw a post on Facebook and I said, I know a guy. Now, that's because you were triggered by a direct need. So that's fine. And it's really lovely that you did that, that you're thinking of your friend. But what we're trying to do is get people to talk about you when there isn't a direct need. So to make it interesting to talk about you, to make sure that, you are someone they want to introduce to. So we've had to, we've had to um, break this down with clients because some businesses are generally just boring. Like accountants are perfect examples. Everyone's looking for a great accountant. No one wants to move from theirs. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the old saying, everyone wants to go to heaven. No one wants to die. You know, it's a, it's a weird thing that no one – it's difficult to refer those businesses. So you can't just say, hey, you should meet my accountant. How fun would that sound? Imagine that. <laughs> hey, you should be my bookkeeper. Okay. Um, but you work out what does an account need to do to then attract referrals to people. So not only the great work they do but you want to put yourself in the way of opportunity. So for example, and I don't want to go through tactics. Maybe we'll put a list somewhere on oh, – we've got so many things happening, Nigel. We'll just put some links somewhere that we can put So what some, we will do at the back of this yep. one is um, we'll do one of our top five lists, the top five tactics. Great. Oh, that's yeah. good idea. Good, good. <laughs> Excellent idea. Now, but think about the account, what the accountant might do. Traditionally, um, they might have run golf days or something on behalf of their practice or whatever it is um, or their firm. Whereas if you're a smaller business in accounting, you might decide, and we've done this tactic before, is run a monthly lunch where you invite four or five people that are of interest to each other. So you actually become the person who is not looking for direct referrals, but you're bringing people who could refer to you to the lunch. Now, the good thing about that is your friends can still say, hey, you should come to this lunch. It's fun. It's once a month and we all catch up. But that's an easy refer, excuse me, it's an easier referral than hey, you should see my accountant to buy direct services. I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole because tactics will start getting people's heads spinning. You need to understand the strategy behind it. And the strategy behind it is how do I make it easy for someone to refer my business? And how are you making it easy for someone to refer your business right now and at what point? So we're talking about this. Remember, we haven't even got into the detail yet. This is the most basic referral, which is how do I get someone to say, you should speak to Tim. For us, we we need to work it out because as soon as people hear, and you know, we're, we're performance consultants. So it's hard for someone to go up to someone else and say, you should 
go to these performance consultants because first of all they think, do I need that sort of crap? The second thing they think is not another bloody business coach. The third thing they think is I don't trust consultants. So this is this is what we know comes up. Then it's what type of person is looking for us. So when we get referrals and this happened for the first few years in our business is the only people that really came to us were crisis clients. And the issue is obviously that how do, why are all these crisis clients coming? And we, we class a, cri, a sorry, crisis. It's a real tongue twister. Red, <laughs> leather, yellow, leather. When I was in year seven, I did speech classes. My mum booked me into them yeah. and I hated it and then <laughs> loved it. And we had to do all these, um, the Leith Police Dismisseth Us. You unique know? New York. Unique New yeah, York. Good, good. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> so obviously I didn't practice hard enough because I'm still getting twisted or um, I digress. We had all these crisis clients coming in and the reason they were crisis is because people could identify that they were in crisis so they knew to send them to us because we could fix them because they wanted to help them. When someone's not in crisis, they're just not quite happy where their business is but they're not in crisis, they're just going okay. And with that being the person that was out and, and actually delivering our message in the wider public, it's a, a, it's a snake eating its tail because... We were attracting crisis clients. So as the person responsible for growing the business, I was going, well, that's who's coming in. So the messaging changed to reflect those crisis clients. Yeah, and the referrals and, do as well. Yeah. So people know how to refer a crisis client because they see the, the actual problem. But we don't really want to fill our business with crisis clients. Not that we don't want to help people, but it's bloody stressful because you've got to – it's really hard work. Like yeah. people are battling to stay alive. So when you're thinking about your own business's referral strategies, have a think about some of these elements. Who's referring me? Why or why not? Who are they referring me to? Why or why not? And what's the general timing of when I get referred? And is that right? Because you actually have to build a strategy around educating around those three things. And if you can do that, you're going to find referrals in the most basic level are going to start working better. Just on that basic mm. level because um, a lot I know a lot of people are out there, there are a lot of organisations that are built around providing opportunities to generate referrals. Um, having been in those myself where you have to get up and say what your business does, that yep. education piece particularly, and I can only speak from my personal experience, yep. that education piece is really, is really useful as long as you use it strategically. So yep. you have to plan what you're going to say, go for a specific message for an extended for three, four weeks, change the messaging. Otherwise you get into that cycle of attracting the same client. Definitely. But that's not a bad thing if you're attracting the same client it's an ideal client. One of the one of the things you've, you know, everyone would have heard about an elevator pitch, which just to dumb it down, it's basically your 15-second pitch that if you were stuck in an elevator with your ideal client, before the elevator stops between floors, you could pitch your business and they could understand what you could do for them. So refining the way you articulate your business is really important. That absolutely holds true for referrals because you need to be able to speak to your um, friends and clients and they need to be able to articulate what you do really simply. And that's part of the training of people. How do I train people who are my referral partners? And this is, remember, we're just at basic level. Do they know how to articulate your business in 15 seconds in a clear and concise way? Think about this. 
if they struggle to do it with their own business, do you think you're any chance? And this is the thing. This is why it's difficult for people to refer because they have enough trouble referring their own business, let alone referring others. That's why you generally get referrals from something that's simple, like I need a website, I know a person. It's like cave people type business. Transactional, I need reactionary. Food, yeah. animal. You know, like it's, <laughs> it, it's these things you need to think about because what a lot of SMEs do is blame people. They go, why, why aren't people referring me? You know, I've sent them a lot of work. Why haven't they sent me any? Well, have you asked? <clears throat> so most people literally just think that people don't want to refer them and they get angry because they refer others and don't get it in a reciprocal way. So ask the question directly to the person. This is not some meta thing. Go to them and say, I want to know why you don't trust in sending me people my way. What am I doing or what can I do? You might be surprised at what the answer is. But let's not go too far down that rabbit hole because that's enough of a task for you to do today. Ring four people and say, why don't you feel comfortable referring me? It's a great question uh, because it generally leads to some really good information. So that is the most basic of referrals. Now let's take it up a notch. When you start, when you've got all those things worked out and you've got people who are referring you, people who want to referring you and even better, people who like your business and people that you start getting what we call strategic partners, not quite a strategic partner but for the sake of this conversation, let's call them a strategic partner, people who like you. So it might be say a web company and an SEO company. Um, that's a pretty silly example because most people are doing web now, doing SEO too <laughs> but um, it might, might even be a lawyer that refers to a family lawyer <clears throat> because law has different elements that not all lawyers are equipped to handle family law cases so they actually have referral partners. Um, lawyers that refer to barristers because they need someone to represent them in court, they have two or three that they send to. So these are a nice referral partners. And this is where we need to talk about the second stage which is incentivized referrals. So actually starting to put together referral strategies with people that are incentivized that you get a kickback, that you pay for the referral, that you want to establish a commercial relationship. Smaller businesses are reluctant to do this a lot of the time. You see these people go, no, I don't want anything for a referral. I just want to be a good person. And that's fine because it's not like everything we do we have to take a lick of. But there's points where you want to establish commercial relationships. There's a time where you want to say, I want to be your referral partner and I want this to be worth your time to fit us in as part of your sales process. So how do I know that I'm getting all the referrals from that type of person or that person exactly? And these are the things you need to think about is where can I establish incentivized referral systems? Where can I find a way that people will want to refer me every single time and that we can easily track it and I pay them a fee, a referral fee or whatever it is? So the question that would naturally come up is but I don't make enough money as it is. How can I pay people for a referral? And this is where it unlocks the whole business where you have to evaluate, well, what's that client worth to you? How much can I afford to pay for a client? And how much am I willing to incentivize a referral partner? What is their actual job? Is it just lead generation or is it on closed business? So 
someone will refer to you but you only pay the incentive on the close. And either one's fine as long as you know your numbers. But this is when you can start really setting up some great funnels that will be ongoing because if the person's happy with getting a kickback, they've got your ideal client, it's non-competitive, they trust you, why wouldn't they want to send it your way? Because they're actually helping their client more by finding a solution to a problem you can solve. But if you don't understand the numbers of that, you're just guessing when you're adding a referral um, partner. So what are the options? Well, you can do percentages of what the sale is. You can be, if you're a contract-based person, you could have a percentage of the contract. Could be a direct just referral fee. Could be a direct just lead generation fee. It's, this is the beauty of it. This is where you develop your IP depending on how your business is structured, depending on how you make your money in your business, you can work out what's the most I can pay to generate a new client. And as soon as you work that out, you become very powerful because if you find one referral partner that it's working with, well, wouldn't naturally the next spot be, well, how do I find another 100 of those? If you Imagine if you had at least another 20 people referring you ideal clients. What would that do for your business? And I'm talking about smaller. As you get bigger, it might be 20 <laughs> bigger clients. It doesn't really yeah. matter. It's all relative to size. It's the theory we need to work on. And do you think there's a, an, an element of if I had 20 more people referring my ideal client, I wouldn't be able to handle that so I'm not going to go out and find it? Well, Nigel, to be honest, I assume that people have listened to every one of these podcasts and they are <laughs> now no longer scared of that sort of growth <laughs> and they would be silly enough not to contact us if they were overwhelmed by too many clients because that's the type of crisis that we're looking for, <laughs> hyper growth. So... Simple things, which is how do I set up an incentivized referral system? Um, short note, when I owned a bunch of gyms back in the day, we were getting on average at the time three referrals a week and we were just boutique personal training studios. We set up a staff referral system because huh, we never thought maybe we should incentivize staff because we always assumed that you know people just do their best at work and they were doing their best. They've just never been taught how to sell the business in sessions. And we went from three referrals a week to 20. Do you think that changed the business at all? Three to 20. I think that's a huge, I mean, for every, basically every five to six weeks of what we were usually doing in terms of referrals, we're doing every week, compounding week on, week out. So after 50 weeks, we would have at the normal rate got 150 leads. 50 weeks later, we've got 1,000. So you think there's a difference between 150 and 1,000 leads massively. And what did we pay? We incentivized them that we would just give our staff the first five sessions of that person. Oh, it was, it was, I think it was about 150 bucks or something at the time. It was less than that. It was like the first two sessions, if someone bought a five-pack of personal training, first two the staff got. It was about a, it was about 100, 100 bucks, I think it was. 100, yeah. 150 bucks, something like that. It was so irrelevant it didn't matter because A, we weren't at capacity so who cares they were standing around anyway and B, most of our people didn't come for five sessions. The first five sessions is to test you out as a studio and then they book in four years. Yep. So it was exponentially making us a fortune by giving away more and the staff were excited because an extra 150 bucks if they got four or five in a week they were basically making more at the time from referrals 
than their session training. Yeah, they doubled yeah. their wage. Do you think they weren't happier? Mm. You know, at the time, PTs weren't getting paid as much as um, they are now. But that was that was a really good system for us, and that was one tweak in what we thought was, gee, it's hard to generate leads. And what we said is, no, we hadn't set up any mechanism to generate leads. Massive difference, and most businesses haven't done that. So. That's an incentivized referral and there are thousands and thousands of different ways to do it. And if there's enough comments, I'll, I don't know, we'll put out 20 or 30 of them but let's, yeah. let's get involved and I want to make sure people have a think. So whatever your business is, tell me and we'll find uh, out of our archives what are some of the good referral strategies that work for your type of business. Uh, in that you did speak about finding out how much you can afford to pay for a lead. Um, did you want to go into today how to work that out or no, at least go over you? I do not. It. Sweet. Um, but if you're wanting to Google it, what you need to work out is the lifetime value of your client. So how much on average is the lifetime value? If you don't know how to get that, you'll need to speak to your bookkeeper and accountant and work out how do I track when a client starts on average and when they finish, how much is our a- average lifetime revenue and then what is our average lifetime profit in that? And then we can work out our acquisition cost. What could we afford to bring in more clients like that? But that is a, that's a big thing to talk about and I'd rather you just start with find some referrals and then we'll worry about it because incentivize referrals, you'll have a good gut feel at the start. Don't do anything stupid but it's nice to know how much is the maximum we can pay for a client because we can get exciting with our referral system and get more people excited by paying them something that's well worth their while. Okay, now... Next one, the last of the offline basic referral um, ideas. The ultimate referral system is being built in to your referral partner's business. So there are different ways that you can be built in. So for instance, if I was a real estate agent, a lot of real estate agents give the people buying houses gifts, a gift basket or something like that. How can I be in the basket? that would be built-in referral system. So if I'm, um, say I'm a masseuse who's working in a local area and I want to just saturate that area and I was every house or every new person that's moved into the suburb, I had a free massage. You go, well, free massage? My God, that's a lot. I mean, I could be giving out hundreds of massages each month. You go, isn't that what you want to be doing? Aren't you meeting hundreds of new people that are coming new to the area and they're establishing relationships yeah, you got to think about it, which is what is the goal of this? Smaller businesses that don't have the capacity, obviously you have to work out a system that's not going to send you broke if you spend a month doing freebies and do zero, um, <laughs> do zero paid work. You're obviously going to struggle. But that's when you have to think about, well, this is working so well, what do I need to do as a business to make it work? But the theory is how do I get built in to my referral partner's business? So part of their sales process might be, adding your service as an add-on. It might be part of taking their service is meeting with you. It might be there's there's so many different ways to do it. The reason you want to be built in is because it makes it easy for the referral partner to just keep doing their process and sending people to you as leads. And that's a really important thing because if you don't have if you're not systemized as part of their process, you're in trouble. Because it's only a matter of time before they forget, they run out of your flyer, they stop talking about you because they're distracted by something else and it just falls off. 
And so it might go well for a couple of months and then you'll see it dry up. It happens all the time. So the ultimate goal is to build a relationship that is mutually beneficial and then be part of their process because it adds value to what they're selling. So I'll give you an example. Um, I always go back to our, our digital agency. We had PR um, referral partners and a lot of the PR people at the time weren't doing social media and digital marketing very well. So what we did was PR's goal is to get messages out into the media or build a public uh, profile or whatever it is. But we could offer amplification because all the work they're doing to get articles, to get um, their exposure, we could really amplify through social media channels. So we just offered that when anyone signed up with the PR agency on a contract that we could do a, a, an audit session on how to amplify their message using digital marketing. Now, that cost us time because we had to sit there for a few hours, we put together a report and it cost us time. But what was happening is we were getting sent every single client because it was adding such value for the PR agency. And also for the PR agency is they now had their core offering to the client but they were already giving the answer to how to amplify it. So if the message was out there and the person who paid the PR agency couldn't equate value, they could actually equate value through social because you had some data. PR is very difficult to track as a value add because there's no real direct data or wasn't at the time. So it was a very nice value add for a PR agency to go, plus we've organized as part of this, you go and speak to people who can amplify the message and get some data tracking. So we're getting quality referrals all the time but it's not because it was a nice to have, it became a critical part of the value add for the PR agency. So we were built in and this is what you need for your business. Where is your service a real value add for a referral partner to add as part of their sale because it just works really well and then you can set it up, you can systemize it and then incentivize it. That's the way that offline basic referral systems should work. So if you're in your business and you're thinking, I never get enough referrals, you've got plenty to work on there. Have a think about it, breakage of them down, listen to this and you know, take the theory, apply some tactics. Now, not everyone's offline. We are living in the digital age. What do you do if you're an online business? What do you do if you're a website? What do you do if you're an e-com site? How do you get referrals? So there's a few things. Same theory, different tactic. First of all, what is a referral? Most people who uh, are new to online, they're looking at referrals as how do I get direct clients? But perhaps that's not the referral you're looking for as an online business. Perhaps the referral you're looking for is traffic. How do I get traffic to my site? How do I get referral traffic? And there's a whole bunch of different ways. So how do you leverage other people's networks? How do I have things, um, for example, let's use the same example as offline, which is we have an, a complementary business, someone who's not competitive that has you as a value add. How do we incentivize that your information is given or that your message is on their website? How do I get click-through traffic? How do I develop affiliates, which are just a fancy way of saying referral partners, but it's nice on digital because you can track it so easily. You can see where links come from. You can have set up um, referral systems, but they're called affiliates online. 
How do I create affiliates? How do I create affiliate businesses? How do I make sure that I'm part of my um, referral partners' e-newsletters? So how do I systemize a point of how do I get into your news your e-newsletters once every few months? Whatever it is. But these are the things you need to think about in terms of what are all the contact points for online businesses that are businesses that are dealing with your ideal clients or your ideal traffic? And where can I integrate or add value? So let me give you a little example. As we were building up our agencies years ago, we um, wanted to break into the fashion niche. The reason is because we thought there was an opportunity there at the time, particularly in social media, it was all about beautiful imagery. It was all about um, just it was a very much a visual medium. Now, what do we know about fashion? Not a lot if you've seen me dress. So what do I need to do? I need to be in front of the type of brands that we want to work for. So I basically wrote to the industry publication, which was the biggest one in the country, said I'd like to write a monthly article on social media and fashion. They said yes. So here's me, knows nothing about fashion, writing for an industry fashion magazine around digital marketing and leveraging your fashion brand. That I could speak about because it wasn't it doesn't matter that it was a fashion brand it was the digital marketing was the bit that was the hard bit because you needed some experience there and we needed to talk about trends you know even listening to this now you probably think yeah I can understand that it didn't I didn't need to know what was the color of the season next season it had it was irrelevant to the information I was adding but I could still be part of that world and I was still becoming prominent because I was writing for a well regarded publication but the tactic was if my name's Googled or they can see there or they go to our website, they can see that I'm part of the world that I should be and it naturally wants, uh, makes people want to refer to you or it makes people want to come to you because you look like you belong in that industry. So sometimes you have to create the perception of where should I be seen in order to be trusted because then it will make referral partners a lot easier. So just to cut a long story short, once we started writing for the magazine, then I've started getting keynotes, speaking at industry fairs because, well, you're that guy that writes for that magazine. Why don't you come and speak on stage? Okay, great. So now next thing is I'm standing up on stage speaking to 400 of my ideal clients and most people go, oh, but you didn't know anything about fashion. You bet you I didn't but I did know a lot about <laughs> digital marketing in fashion and how to sell through and how to get clicks and how to create referral partners, how to generate traffic. That was interesting for my ideal clients at the time. So you've got to think about if you're an online business and this still works for offline businesses, where can you or where do you need to be seen in order to make it easier for people to refer to you? Because if you get that right, you only need a couple of those big type events or those big publications that you're going to increase your lead generation significantly. And we're not looking for double, triple, quadruple. Let's start with even if we got a 10% increase in your lead generation for the year, would that make a difference to your business? And a lot of the time it would because 10% consistently coming through of better type leads, it's going to make a difference. And that's the incremental gains that we're always looking for. If you hit it out of the park and get 100%, great, we've got a new problem. You've got a crisis client, which is you're growing too fast and we need to put some infrastructure around you. But 
don't worry about that problem. Let's create that problem. Because remember, even if you're overwhelmed by the amount of referrals, you don't have to take on every client. And that's the thing. And this is the thing that most SMEs don't get. They're subconsciously worried about generating too much work when they start getting busy. So they back off. And what we're saying today is set up referral systems that are ongoing. Set up referral systems that once you build them, you just need to keep watering them and nurturing them so they grow with your referral partners. Because if you do that, you can ensure that leads are coming in every year at a certain rate, which makes it easy to plan and easy to invest in your business. If you're the person who's always generating the referrals and you drop off because you become too busy, you take a holiday, there's a whole other reasons or your networking group closes down, whatever it is, you're going to have the ups and downs because you won't be able to guarantee the type of leads or the amount of leads that are going to come in. And then it becomes really difficult to gain momentum and grow in an exponential way because you're constantly having to rebuild the infrastructure to create more referrals. That is exhausting. So referrals. Um, We've just gone through the basics today. I think there's enough here for most businesses because I've never had a business that come in and go, you've got it right. And these are businesses that are doing good money, really good money. So have a look at your business, have a look at your referral partners and evaluate one thing that you could do to make it perform better. Tweak it, listen to some of the things we spoke about today, find a tactic that you can experiment with, go out today, ring those people, find out why they haven't been referring, referring to you, solve that problem and you'll find you'll be able to generate a hell of a lot more leads. But Nigel, I reckon that's more than enough today because my, hopefully people's heads are spinning yeah. <laughs> and um, they can go out and start growing their business through new referrals, new leads and um, let's get a bit of exponential growth happening. Good one. Thank you, buddy. See you, mate.